Good morning, church. You know, Harlem is known for its singing. But let me tell you something. I've come here on different occasions, and the warmth and the hospitality is second to none. Thank you so much for just the, 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 the giving spirit, the, the warmth, the welcome. It, it is so encouraging. Uh, again, I, I want to thank the church for, for being you. You know, uh, what an amazing communion message that we heard this morning. It was heart moving. But uh, just to hear the brother and sister share their story and to see how God is uh, working and moving uh, is so encouraging. Uh, my name is Russ Murdoch Jr., and uh, I serve as an evangelist in the uh, Garden State Church, which is in the New Jersey region. Uh, here with my lovely wife, Sari, as, as uh, James shared. You know, next year, we're going to celebrate our 25th year of marriage. And for somebody who grew up uh, not believing marriage worked, I just don't know how we got here except the Lord. You know, we have two beautiful children. Our daughter, Blair, is a senior in high school, getting ready to go to college. And uh, she's been a disciple almost three years, and that's amazing. And then we have a son, Mason, who's a sophomore. Okay. And uh, he's a disciple in the making. Uh, but uh, we're, we're just so grateful that we can uh, we could be here and... and, and and I could be here this morning. And if you're visiting with us, thank you for coming to worship with us this morning. It is uh, it's great that we can come together. Thank you so much for the disciples. I really want to thank those who are doing things behind the scenes. The AV team, the ushers, the teachers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for our worship team. It is so amazing. They get here early. They help break down things, they stay late, it's just encouraging. And, you know, each and every year, as James said, one of the highlights of, uh, of my year is the preteen young teen camp. And so uh, I wanted to start off with a, a little clip from what happened this year at preteen young teen camp. Because Harlem represented. <laughs> All right? Harlem represented. And so I want to... Show a little clip here. Here we go. Harlem Boys. Okay. That's our title. Here we go. Oh, you got to listen. Derek! I'm 
The Harlem Boys. You see that attitude? What's wrong with you? As I said, that, that's one of the joys each year we get to witness and see the talent. And I really, I want us to give it up for our youth. Our preteens and young teens, that is our future right there. And uh, I, uh, I wanted them to be a part of the, the lesson today because we're going to talk about the attitude of Christ. You know, at camp this year, the theme was be godly. And if you're going to be godly, you got to have the right attitude. you got to recognize that to live the way that God wants you to live, it starts with the fact that, you can't do that on your own. You can't live up to God's expectations without God. And it starts with your attitude. And so Jesus, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, you can jot that down. Philippians 2, verse 5, the Bible says, Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus. The message version says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible calls you and I, if we are followers of Christ, to have his mindset. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, the Bible says, who has known the mind of the Lord? So as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. You know, if you're going to have the attitude of Christ, it starts in your head. It starts between your ears. To have the mind of Christ. To think with his values. To possess his vision. To allow The change in your attitude because of the gratitude that God has given. I heard a coach say one time, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. And this morning, church, we're going to learn from our teacher. We're going to look at one of the Beatitudes that we taught this year at Preteen Young Teen Camp. And we're going to learn from the teacher, from the master, so that we can become more and more like him. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful, so thankful, that we have a perfect role model in Jesus. Thank you so much for his perseverance. Thank you so much for his still convictions, yet he was so tender. And people who was very sinful were attracted to him, yet he did not sin. God, thank you so much that we have Jesus, that he's not still in the grave, but that he rose from the dead and that he gives, you, he gives each and every one of us an opportunity 
to be in a right relationship with you. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 5 for a moment. One of the attitudes that I want to talk about this morning is the attitude of mercy. You know, in the Beatitudes, it's really cool because God starts out and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So in order for us to recognize the fact that we can't do this on our own, we got to recognize our sin. we got to recognize our weaknesses. And then that leads us to mourning. It says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He says, Hey, don't, don't, don't fret. Don't get overwhelmed by your sin. Because I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to take care of that. And then that leads to, Blessed are the meek. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But then he gets to this fifth beatitude. And this beatitude is so great because he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. But see, Jesus teaches us a principle here that sometimes, you know, you read the Bible and you think, well, hey, if I'm merciful, then I'm going to get that back. In our world, we think, hey, if I give something, then I get something. So if I'm kind to this guy, well, he's going to be kind to me. Is that true? Not at all. <laughs> because we live, in a far, we live in a fallen world. But what this is talking about is that if we are merciful, God shows us mercy. It's about what God does. If we do what God wants and says, well, here's then what he's going to do for us. And so in our uh, camp theme, each day we had a, a theme, and, and the one class was happy are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So here's one of the preteens sharing at the end of camp what he got out of camp. All right. Um, <clears throat> my name is Emmanuel. I'm 12 years old and I'm from the Manhattan Ministry. And one thing I learned this year is from the Happy to Be Merciful. Um, it really taught me about how being revenge is not always the best situation. You know, sometimes I get really angry and I want to take revenge, but I know that I can't because God wants us to be merciful and that God will avenge us for the righteousness that we do. And the shortcomings that other people put on this. So I think this lesson is really good. I really related to that personally. First? Great. So, Emmanuel said, revenge is not good. But he also said, the Lord will avenge. The Lord will avenge. You know, church, sometimes we can doubt that God's going to actually do what he said he's going to do. Are you with me? We can wonder because things happen in life. And we can question God. You know, my first point this morning 
is we have to remember the source of mercy. The source of mercy. You know, in Psalms 103, uh, 103 verse 11, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. You know, God shows you and I mercy. God is merciful. You know, the Bible teaches that he doesn't give us what we actually deserve. In fact, when it comes to our sin, he takes it, he puts it behind his back. Therefore, he doesn't see it anymore. You know, how many times do we dwell on our sin, on our sins? How many times does some of us, we dwell on other people's sins? We want to just remind you of the pattern that we're seeing in your character. You know, God doesn't do that. He's not like that. He extends mercy. You know, Jesus said this so strongly in Luke chapter 6. Because God's so merciful, he says in Luke 6, verse 36, Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. He commanded his people who follow him, Be merciful. You know that story about the guy who's in debt? He goes to the king and he says, I'm sorry. I blew it. Forgive me. And he begged the king for mercy. And the king said, you know what? I'm going to give you mercy. All right. And then he gets let go and he goes out in the street, finds his buddy who owed him five dollars. I said, man, where's my money? Oh, man, I'm having a hard time. You know, see me at the end of the week. I want my money. And he yoked him up and had him incarcerated for $5. The Bible says when the king heard about it, he was furious. He says, I showed you mercy, but you couldn't turn around and show this guy mercy. And it made him angry. You know, brothers and sisters, God is merciful. You know who wasn't merciful? The Pharisees. The religious people of Jesus' day. You know that? It was a cruel world back then. Not much different than today. But, you know, Roman men, Roman fathers were so cruel. The way they treated their, 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 even their kids. When a woman had a child, she would bring him before the father. And the father would look at the kid and he would either do this or he would do that. And if he did that, thumbs down, the kid was taken and immediately drowned in the river. 
If a slave that they owned or servant did something that they didn't like, they could kill him without any type of reprisal or, or, or anything. No consequences. In fact, if a wife did not cook the way she needed to cook, he could have her killed. Now, we're not going back to those days. Thank you, Jesus. But that was the reality. See, we have to remember how our God has shown us mercy. Take a look with me. John chapter 8. Let's read together. John chapter 8, verse 1. It says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought, brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be first... Be the first to, to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman stand, uh, still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked the woman, asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. See, Jesus put into practice the principle that he taught on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful. Well, here it is. Here's an illustration of what he was talking about and then what he actually did. This woman, in fact, and the guy wherever he was, by law should have been stoned. Leviticus chapter 20, read it. She should have been stoned. So what did, did Jesus break the law? Did he not follow the commands of God? No. Jesus came to fulfill the law. But see, what Jesus knew was that the cross was coming and he was going to take on this woman's sins and give her a new life. He was going to give her what she needed, which was mercy. He was going to give her what nobody else was trying to give her. Mercy. He puts it into practice to show you and I this is what it's like. You know, are you feeling condemned this morning? Are you feeling a little hopeless? Well, you got to go back to the source. I know some of us, our view of God is skewed because of how we've grown up, because of what we've seen. We've seen, you know, un unfortunate Bad examples in the name of God. 
That's why we got to keep going back to the source. Jesus. And see, we can't go all the way to the other side where we don't deal with sin. Because Jesus didn't say, okay, I read, go now and leave your life of sin. Because sin isn't good. It hurts. It damages. And that's why he's come to give us a new life. But you don't get it if you don't go to the source. Can you remember when you experienced God's mercy? Well, that's 28 years ago for me. Just this past week was my spiritual birthday, September 26th. Baptized 1990 at NJIT. You know, we cannot have the blessing apart from the blesser. We cannot even meet the condition apart from the one who set the condition. We are blessed by God when we are merciful to others. And because of what you've experienced, because of what you've been given, you know exactly where to go or where to send someone who's in need of mercy. God is the source. God wants people to experience what it's really like to have a right relationship with him. I remember growing up, I was religious. I'd go to church. You know, I'd jump into grace, and then I would jump out of grace. Friday night, Sunday morning, Sunday morning. It was like, what are we doing here? You remember that? I know some of you remember that. Because you were confused. You, I wasn't in Christ. I was going to church on Sunday. But I wasn't in a right relationship with God. Some of you may be experiencing that right now. Hey, it's time to settle down to understand God's plan so that you can have security in your relationship with God. You can have an understanding of what it really means to be right with God. You know, going back sometimes for me is just opening up the, uh, the, the message of the cross and reading Matthew 26, 27, and 28. And going back over it, going through the Gospels and reliving what Jesus actually did for me. I got to be reminded, not just, oh, I'm so terrible and look at what my sin did, but wow, look at how much God loves me. He would put his one and only son through all of that for me. How do you feel about that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you look back in this story. It says in, uh, in verse 11, Jesus tells her, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus, and I know this might be a revelation, came to save. He came to save. And when you experience that salvation, what you want to do then is you want to extend some mercy. Which is my second point. The result 
of receiving mercy is that I want to extend mercy. But you know what, church? There's a couple things that stop us from extending mercy. James chapter 2, verse 13. James 2, verse 13. When I get there. James 2, verse 13. Look at what it says. All right. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs judgment. One of the things that can stop us from extending mercy is just being judgmental. See somebody, oh, they're not open. Oh, he didn't look like he'd want to come. Oh, she, you know, she, look at how she's dressed. He don't want to. And simply, and this is all in our heads, stops us from extending mercy. Judging other people. It's not good. Because there's really only one judge. And who's that? God. That's right. But then there's another thing over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 and 14. And this is the one that scares me. Because what Jesus is basically saying, he says basically if you don't forgive people, God is not going to forgive you. Well, wait a minute. I was baptized. I, I gave special contribution every year. I fed the poor. I... If you do not forgive others, God says, I'm not going to forgive you. That stops us from extending mercy. You know, it's very challenging in life when you get your feelings hurt. You ever got your feelings hurt? I mean, it's one thing if somebody's just flat, you know, in your face, insulting, and you may fire back or you may, you know, go away or what have you. But it's like, okay. But sometimes you get those emotional hurts that just kind of rub you the wrong way. And when you see that person, you go the other way. That unforgiveness, that's a killer. It kills extending mercy. The human heart is very delicate. We, we're egotistical. You know, we you know, think we got it going on until somebody says, boop, not that, not that good. I mean, yeah, that's okay. But the reality is we're, we're fragile. That's what the Bible says. And we got to be careful that when we get hurt, that we don't believe Satan's lie that tells us it's okay for me to have this grudge in my heart. No, it's not okay. Let's talk about it. Let's keep working on it. You know, I love my uh, 
my, my, my dad. But I didn't always love my dad. Kind of sad to even say it. But that's the reality. We had some issues. And when you're 15, thinking you got to do what, you know, you need to do to help your mom, and, you know, and it, it's sad. But I remember as a kid, as a 15-year-old, thinking, well, my dad's not doing what he needs to do. I got to help my mom. And she's struggling, and, you know, I'm the oldest of four, and it, it just wasn't good. Well, when I went off to college and became a disciple, one of the, <laughs> one of the people that I didn't realize I had so much issues with was my dad. And so I remember, you know, my brother Leo saying, you know, we had a talk, and he said, Russ, sounds like you need to go talk to your dad. And I'm like, yeah, I do. So we go home, and he and I have this conversation for four hours. I never talked to my dad that long. But as a disciple, it was, it was important that I needed to deal with this stuff. You know the thing I learned? My dad felt bad about his own stuff even more than I felt about what happened in our relationship. And that's a sad place to be, where you're already down on yourself, and then people got legitimate concerns and issues with you, and it was just like he was in a dark, dark hole. And I remember telling him, I forgive you, and I'm sorry for how I felt, and how, you know, as a parent, your kid you know, expressing uh, forgiveness is powerful. But it's more powerful when your parent says, I'm sorry. I don't know about you. I didn't grow up hearing, I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard up, you know, grew up hearing a lot of other things, but it wasn't, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, 2000, uh, actually, tomorrow, is my dad's spiritual birthday. My dad is now, he'll be a disciple uh, 12 years. All right? 12 years. We'll go back to that in a minute. Next slide, because this thing is not working. Next slide. So there's my dad. This past April, he got married at 69. And there's a sister named Carla in the Jersey region. Single mom. Come on, single moms. Okay. And I look at the result of God's mercy. That's the result of not being bitter and unforgiving, but extending mercy. That's what he needed. When I think about God, when I think about my own life is nothing but an extension of God's mercy. I want to encourage you to stop. I want to encourage you to go back. You got picture. I'm a picture guy. I found a picture over there on the left. There's me and Sari. There's us. Five and six. Who knew that we would be one one day? There, there we are right there in high school, seniors, right? We grew up in this Martin Luther King Youth Center. We've known each other since we were six years old. Who knew what God had in store? And then there we are, 
The result of mercy, Easter 2018, is my family. The result of God's mercy. It's so beautiful when you stop and look at what God has done in your life. Since the time you became a Christian. But you got to stop and think about that. You got to stop and appreciate that. You got to stop and say, Thank you, God, for your mercy. I know it's not been easy. I know it's been ups and downs. But boy, I know where I'm going. I know what you've done for me. And I am so thankful. Brothers and sisters, What's your attitude this morning? What's your attitude? Is it gratitude? Is it thankfulness? Or are you still kind of, you know, (laughs) we're working on it. That's great. Keep working on it. I'll never forget. This is Dan and I meeting him in 2007. Now, this lovely lady he married is uh, a kingdom kid. I know some of us, one of the hardest things for us to take, our kids grow up in the church and they decide not to become disciples. Don't give up. Leah was 27 when she became a, a Christian. And then her boyfriend became a Christian. And now here we are five years later and they got two beautiful little kids, River and, uh, and London. And I love it because God is always at work. What you and I got to keep doing is being faithful, is being merciful, and remembering where it all comes from. Not thinking, well, if I do this, then this is what's going to happen. If I do that, then that's what's going to happen. Hey, you know what? Sometimes it does work out that way. But most of the time, it doesn't work out that way. Because then we start thinking that we're in control. We start thinking, well, it's because of my prayers. It's because of my this, because of my that. And we forget, no, God did that. But every time I get to see God working, I like to take a picture. And I like to remember it. I want to encourage us today. Who can you extend mercy to this week? Is there a picture, is there a person that you want to extend mercy to this week? Get that picture out. Pray for that person. But decide, I'm going to be merciful the way God's been with me. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe that's where you got to start. Awesome. Because I know I got to keep working on that in my marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Great. Keep working on it with our kids because they need it even more than we do in the crazy world that we're growing up in. But God, he wants his church to be known for his mercy. Wow, these people are so welcoming. They're so comforting. They're so lo- what, what is it about them? Because our God's been merciful with us. Let every small group be known for its mercy and compassion. Let every marriage be known for its mercy and compassion. 
Let's reflect this attitude of mercy. And let us be a people who shine like the city on the hill. To God be the glory. Amen.